In this episode of the Boost Health Podcast, you will hear... Um, and I just remember leaving that and just being amazed at the concept of how powering strength training was for the older adult as far as helping them with their longevity, helping them get out of wheelchairs, help them not need their walkers anymore, help with arthritis pain, but also the mental part, like helping people um, battle depression and helping them deal with loss or struggle. and Community as a, as a, almost like a stepping stone before you'll even start talking with somebody about the fitness and nutrition piece. It's understanding what your community is about first and, and being a part of that. You know, there's lots of different emotional patterns that women tend to come into my group battling. And if I can just address those right off the bat, it, it kind of takes down some walls and helps people understand you're not alone basically said this isn't going to be just a football-led program we're going to let women into the program find your balance find your balance find your balance Find your balance. Searching for more wellness balance is our goal here at Boost Health. Welcome to episode number 33 of the show. I am Paul Sandberg, the founder of Boost Health and your host. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist with the NSCA. I have a bachelor's degree in human biology, a master's degree in business, and I've been working in the wellness and fitness industry for over 19 years. On the Boost Health Podcast, we cover the entire spectrum of wellness concepts. We give you some actionable tips that you can implement in your personal health strategy. Now, my philosophy with this podcast and with Boost Health in general is to be open-minded. Try new things. Preconceived notions shouldn't get in the way of wellness strategies that could be a real difference maker for us. Have you ever tried a new wellness tactic and it surprised you in how well it worked? Those are what we are trying to uncover here. Thank you all so much for spreading the word about the show. If you think someone might enjoy it, then please take a moment to rate and review the show in your podcast app and or on the Boost Health Facebook page. Q&A. If you want to ask a question for the show, just click on the green Ask Paul button. It is found on the podcast page on myboosthealth.com. So here's the listener question for this episode. Hey, Paul, I keep hearing about hip flexors being dominant in core exercises and that they can take over for the abdominal muscles. How do you avoid this? And I said, yes, this is true that hip flexors can dominate over the abdominal muscles if you have a poor setup position and or weakness in the abdominal muscles. Old school sit-ups are actually a great example where if you don't have good positioning, then you may not be hitting the abs all that well. For these, the best cues are to push your lower back into the ground as hard as you can and brace your spine by flexing your core musculature. Now that's your start position for a sit-up. Think of what you would do if someone was about to hit you in your stomach. You would protect yourself by flexing your core and bracing your spine, wouldn't you? Then you would maintain this braced core position and use the abdominal muscles to roll the body up off the ground versus your hip flexors. 
A great exercise that makes it easy to completely eliminate the hip flexors is a regular plank. Now here you're on your forearms and toes in a prone position facing the ground with focus on keeping your hips in a neutral position between the ground and your shoulders. And you do this by flexing your abdominal muscles and bracing the spine. That <laughs> should sound familiar. This is an isometric exercise. So the goal here is to just hold in position for about 30 seconds to a minute with really, really good form. So that's how you avoid the hip flexors in your core exercises. Again, if you have a question for me, click the green Ask Paul button on the podcast page on myboosthealth.com. Announcements. Two shows per week? Yeah, you may have noticed shows getting released at a faster rate recently. I'm pleased that we're getting enough guests and content now that I want to produce multiple shows per week for Boost Health. Now, we'll start out with two shows and see how that goes. We have lots of really great guests coming up, so I'm excited for the future of the show, and thank you all so much for listening. Boost Health TV. Yes, another exciting new addition to the Boost Health lineup is the addition of video recording of the podcast. I thought it'd be neat when I have a guest live in the room with me to do a video of the show in case folks want to watch us. And also, it'll give us the opportunity if there's a demonstration we want to do, we can show them how to do it right away in the video. So, for example, how to do a proper squat. And I finished recording our first show on video a few days ago with the CEO of a really, really cool company. So I'll keep you posted on when the first video show is releasing. Newsletter, if you haven't signed up for the Weekly Boost newsletter already, what is going on with you? Get with program. You can do so very simply by entering your name and email into the form on the homepage of myboosthealth.com. This way you don't miss any Boost Health news. All right, now on with the program. This is the first episode of a three-part series with Anna Woods, founder of She Strength. She coaches her clients through her online platform and community, as well as in her awesome barn gym office in rural Kansas. I find her work in empowering women and working with special needs individuals especially inspirational and heartwarming. In this episode, Anna and I discuss how she got interested in fitness as a career, wellness mentorship, how and why she started her own gym out of her barn, starting a business from scratch twice, and the importance of community. Okay, here is part one with Anna Woods. Joining me on the show today is Anna Woods, founder of She Strength. I learned about Anna when my family was on holiday back in the US this summer. We were staying out at my wife's parents' farm in central Kansas. I was mentioning to our friends, Amy and Mitch, who live in the area, that I needed to get my strength workout in while we were visiting. And I was thinking it'd be fun to do a quote unquote farm strong workout where I would just walk around the farm and lift heavy stuff and get my strength workout in that way. And uh, while we were discussing this, Amy said, I really need to check out Anna and her she strength business on Instagram as she trains people right out of her barn in Kansas. I thought, oh my gosh, that is so cool. I was super intrigued. And so I started following her. And since then, I've really enjoyed watching Anna do instructional strength training videos with her or her clients featured. And I've also been really, really inspired by the take that she puts in with her clients on the mental aspect. Her mental motivational tactics are really, really good. Um, and she does some excellent work on female empowerment objectives. And so I quickly decided I'd really love to have her on the show. And I was really pleased when she said yes. So 
Let's learn a little bit more about Anna. Anna Woods is a wife and mom to three, and she's based her entire career on helping other people find their value and worth through fitness, nutrition, but mostly through the belief that, quote, I am enough. I love that. Now, her goal is to redefine fitness from basing our worth and progress off a scale number to that of crossing our own personal finish lines. She says that women spend so much time helping others, giving of themselves in every drop of energy they have to others, they lose themselves and their health in the process. I think we all probably know some women like that. She says the first step in our journey is to set a boundary around health. That's part one. Make ourselves a priority again. Surround ourselves with a supportive online community and then begin chipping away at personal fitness and nutrition goals, which I think is fantastic. We're, we're, we're getting through some of the hurdles that we need to get through before we can even start on our fitness journey, which is perfect. Now, she coaches her She Strength Squad, her clients, online via her app and through their private community. And she also coaches people in strength training slash neuromuscular stability, fitness, and metabolic holistic nutrition in her barn gym office and business offices in rural Kansas. So Anna, thank you so, so much for joining the show today. I really, really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited. This will be great. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of similar beliefs, I think, in, in fitness and wellness. So I think we'll, we'll get along great. So yeah. Let's let's start from the beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about your athletic background and experience with with fitness and training? How did this all start? Sure. Um, well, my mom was a um, fitness trainer back in the eighties. She gained like because she's like five foot tall and she gained like eighty pounds with my sister and I on her pregnancies. And this was kind of during the Jane Fonda days. So she started following workout videos and then eventually got certified herself. So my mom always jokes that I took my first steps in um, a gym, a fitness gym that she was teaching aerobics in back then. And so I was just destined to be in this industry from day one. Um, but always off, always in sports, um, we did everything, volleyball, softball, um, living in rural Kansas. We, had, we raised horses, so I did rodeo, um, swimming, cheerleading, gymnastics. I mean, you name it, we were always involved some way, shape, or form. Um, I ended up going on to college uh, and playing softball. Um, and I think the big turning point for me as far as really choosing to be in the fitness industry, um, because I went to college as an art major, actually. Um, I like drawing. I like using the artistic side of my brain. Um, I like painting and that sort of thing, which always blows people's mind when I tell them that. But That's cool. Um, I tore my ACL my sophomore year in the playoffs for our college softball team regionals or whatever um and at that point I had to figure out how to motivate myself because I didn't have a team at that point I didn't have um while I was doing all my rehab had a lot of pain and all I had really known was what the sport had told me to do um and running that was kind of my definition of fitness at that point because I really never had to figure it out myself up until then um so I remember I went to I went with my mom to a strong women conference and it was really about the benefits of strength training for the older adult. Um, and I just remember leaving that and just being amazed at the concept of how powering strength training was for the older adult as far as helping them with their longevity, helping them get out of wheelchairs, help them not need their walkers anymore, help with arthritis pain, but also the mental part, like helping people um, battle depression and helping them deal with loss or struggle and 
um, I was just completely transformed. I actually came back to college, transferred my degree to um, biology with exercise science, and then I kept business and marketing as my minor so I could still do some of the graphic design side. Um, and ended up finishing my, my degree in that. Um, I got my personal training certification in that time and started training at our college gym and then working in a physical therapy office at the same time. Um, and so that was kind of the beginnings for me. It was more from a um, injury and then also just opening my eyes to the, the whole rehab process and the value of strength training for myself and seeing how it helped others. So that that's amazing. So, but that conference sounded like it, I mean, from a career standpoint, it really, it changed your life. Like you may, you may have been a little bit more interested in the way the human body works and, and appreciate strength training and fitness after your rehab from your ACL tear. But it sounds like the conference is what really got you engaged in taking this on as a, as a career and, you know, creating your own philosophy. Yes, definitely. So uh, it was Dr. Miriam Nelson. If you've ever looked at any of her studies or mm-hmm. anything, they're pretty, pretty impacting um, as far as like data and, and how important it is for street training for the older adult. Um, and I always, I know I, I always had a heart for elderly and special needs population just has always been that. Um, my great grandma had a big impact on that because she lived to be almost almost a hundred and we visited her all the time in the nursing home. So I got really comfortable with that population. And so that obviously tugged on my heart, seeing how strength training could help women like her not have to be in pain all the time um, and not have to be reliant on a wheelchair. Um, but then also, yeah, the, the strength training side and realizing, you know, three days a week can make a huge difference for a woman um, mentally and physically. So yeah, being able to serve others in that environment. Um, I was struggling with figuring out how my art degree was going to work when I really wanted to stay in a more rural setting and knowing that an art major, you really had to be in a big city. Um, So I was already kind of having a toss up of what I wanted to finish my career or degree with for a career. And this came in at just the right time to help me. And the neat thing about owning your own business as I've learned in this last year is you do get to use your creative piece, especially if you're a one man or one woman show, right? So yeah. you really, you, you get to, you know, I'm, I'm working on some uh, apparel, so I get to help with design and, um, you know, you get to be creative with your, your social media posts and stuff like that. So hopefully you still f- feel like you are filling that uh, creative side with, with your artistic abilities. hundred percent. I tell really people cool. that like programming to me is like putting together a piece of artwork. Yeah. Or yeah, music, absolutely. Because there's all different elements that have to come together, but I can use lots of different tools to, to make that masterpiece, I guess you could say. So, and, and it is at art, right? I mean, every single client, uh, or even every single class is different. I mean, you, 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 it really is an art if you're not just doing some, <laughs> some sort of, uh, you know, rudimentary program that you're just rolling over every, every single time, if you're really engaged with who is arriving at your class or who, who you're training for the day, it's, it's going to be different every time. And it's a fine art to make sure that you're giving that person what they need at that session. Absolutely. I'm curious too, real quick, uh, just strength and conditioning hat. What type of strength and conditioning were you doing, uh, in college with your softball program? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, I started strength training my junior year of high school. I remember 
we hired a new football coach and he basically said, this isn't going to be just a football led program. We're going to let women into the program. And I remember that summer, my junior year, like I dropped like 12 pounds, like 10% body fat. Like I came back my senior year, like, let's do this. I'm ready to take this seriously. Um, and so I really learned to lift then. And then we got to college and it was more of, um, you're kind of a bodybuilding approach. We did a lot of power, power cleans, box jumps, um, speed and agility type of things. I was on the smaller end for softball players and I was a pitcher. So, um, I spent a lot of time working the power side of things, I guess you could say kettlebell, um, heavy carries. I'm not for sure what the program was called. I just know what I was given and shown up to do each day. <laughs> um, a lot of sprinting and then a lot of bilateral work because I was a pitcher to maintain shoulder health. So that's, that's pretty good. I mean, were you allowed to, pr- I know with, with pitchers, a lot of times you're not allowed to press or if you press, it's, it's really light. Were you allowed to do any, any bench at all? Um, standing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not flat on my back. It was more functional, single arm, that sort of thing. Interesting. Bands. How Now, so I'm, I love just mentors and community. Um, I think it's so important. And so um, I want to talk about your mentors. It sounds like uh, one we just uncovered there was this football coach, your junior year of high school. H- how impactful was that on you? just in fitness and wellness in general for for you. Do you still like yeah. look back at that as something that really made, made a big change for you? For sure. Um, that coach came in. So, you know, your wife probably understands that growing up on the farm, like you just are strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, um, I was always really strong. Um, and so I was average height, but I always weighed a lot more and was thicker, I guess you could say not overweight, but just a heavier build. And I always remember feeling like that was, um, an insecurity for me. Like in my first few years of high school, I just aspired to be like the thin girl, the skinny girl. I wanted to wear the tight clothes and that just didn't work for me. I had broad shoulders and was naturally muscular just from work, labor work and stuff. Um, and so this concept of the weight room and that I could use my build for something um, productive and like it actually work in my favor. Like I just remember thinking I always hated how my legs were so muscular and jeans didn't fit me right. And my quads were always too big. And I remember like the concept of squatting and we started maxing out and realizing, dang, I'm actually really strong. And I didn't even know it could be used for something other than loading hay and riding a horse, <laughs> you know, um, it was all of a sudden it became a forte for me and something that I could use in a good way. And I kind of found where I fit in with some other girls who weren't necessarily the fastest or those kind of things, but dang, those girls could squat and deadlift. And, and it was cool to finally have like, a, a community that I fit into. Um, and so, uh, we'd spend two hours, I'd go six to eight, I think. Oh, that's been a long time ago. I think it was six to 8 a.m., four days a week in the summer. And then during the school year, when I wasn't playing a sport, we'd, we'd go after school. Because at that time, we didn't have weightlifting in the school day. But um, yeah, I, there's a good friend of mine. He is actually a strength and conditioning coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars now. And he and I showed up every day that those two summers, our junior and senior year. And we still talk about that all the time, how it impacted both of our careers. Um, because 
we busted our butts every day in there and we got so much better. Um, and, and that's probably been a huge part of where he and I both are in our careers now. So it's kind of exciting and fun to look back and realize he probably doesn't even know that he's actually, the coach has actually passed away in the last year or two. Um, but, uh, he probably doesn't even realize what an impact he did have at that point. Um, just by allowing girls to come into the weight room and giving us a structured program to work with. So we did um, bigger, stronger, faster at that point in time. So I just, I love that story. And it makes me think of my personal story too, was very similar. It's a summer before freshman year of high school, um, football strength and conditioning program. Uh, my dad was in the military, so we were living in Florida at the time. And I'm the same way. I, I don't think these coaches probably know what kind of an impact they had on me because he retired from the Air Force <clears throat> after my freshman year. And so I, I never really got a chance to go back and, and thank those guys. And I don't even know if I would have realized it until many years later, but gosh, it was c- completely transformational for me. Same kind of thing up early in the middle of summer, every other kids at home asleep, eating Cheetos on the couch. And, you know, these coaches are like, Hey, you know, you're, you're building some triceps, you're building some beach muscles. You know, it's, this is, this is fantastic. You know, good stuff that young guys want to hear. Right. Um, And, uh, and oh my gosh. Yeah. And then my dad was, was a big mentor for me too. He was always uh, exercising and, and was a tremendous mentor for me growing up and a good model of fitness um, and, and so my, your mom, obviously being a, a fitness instructor in the eighties and nineties, I'm sure she had some sort of impact on your, on your overall, uh, interest in fitness. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I still call her all the time. Like, okay, what would you do with this client? With, um, she's impacted me in a lot of ways. I look back now, we were just talking about this the other day. One, I always feel like I can't thank her and my dad enough for, um, teaching my sister and I, the, like we tell them the greatest gift they've given us is the gift of fitness. Um, because the clients I work with today, a lot of middle-aged women are just starting, have no idea, have never had to work out. It wasn't encouraged in their childhood. They don't know how to eat clean. And these were all things my sister and I really took for granted and just assumed that's the norm. Um, and then we get older and that's just a everyday part of our life, non-negotiable, really a habit that we're passing on to our kids. But, um, looking back now, I just realized how valuable that was setting those standards early on. Um, and then the other part is my mom stayed home with us till I want to say we were in middle school, you know, she stayed at home and was a big part of my sister and I's school and activities, but she ended up going back and getting her physical therapy assistant degree when we were in high school. And she had tried to start to get it multiple times before and it was just busy and it wasn't the right time. Um, and then for her to go back and actually finish her degree in, in physical therapy um, and now works with the strength and conditioning athletes at our high school. Um, it was cool to see her for one, finish a goal and a dream that she'd had for a long time. And then two, at least we're in the stage of life I'm in now, um, realizing that I'm still going to have time to pursue those goals. Cause you know, I've stayed home with my kids until the last basically year and a half, they're all in school now, but there's a lot of times when I was at home just being a mom and you don't have that identity outside of taking care of kids and doing the daily grind. 
And I just always used to think, okay, you know what? She did this with us and she still has a career and has been able to push through her dreams at some point. And so I still can do that. It just doesn't need to be right now. Um, my main priority was my kiddos. And then in the last year, two years, you know, I've kind of pushed full force into my own career and pursuing my own certifications and growing my own business. And being able to see her do that later on in life has been encouraging to me these last 12 years of having kiddos, uh, that I will have time for that at some point. So yeah, lots of different ways that she's inspired me. And I, and like I said, I still call her now. I called her yesterday. Okay. I have this client with this injury, you know, what's your recommendation? What would you do? Um, so we bounce each ideas off each other quite a bit. She comes to my classes out here at our barn one or two days a week. Um, and with my kids join class, then she's always their partner and it's kind of fun to get to have a family experience out there sometimes. So, Oh, that's, that's so wonderful. And I just love this, this setup that you have in your barn. If we move back to Kansas, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to copy. I'll, I'll say registered trademark Anna, but it's, <laughs> it's sure. such a cool idea. Uh, I just love it. I mean, you know, you've got tons of lateral room. You've got as much vertical space as you need. Uh, you yeah. can have multiple students training at a time. Can you tell me how you got this started? Like how did it evolve into she strength? And why did you start training folks out of your barn? It's, it's brilliant. It's totally brilliant. But how, how did it start? <laughs> it was, um, actually it was, it started in a not so great place. Um, I helped start a CrossFit gym in a local community we used to live in. Um, and just personal differences, um, I ended up leaving that gym and we ended up moving about the same time. My husband took a different job. So we, I was training at the Y, I was training at that CrossFit gym. Sorry. Um, so you were, were you somewhere in, in Kansas already? You moved to a different yeah, city we were in Kansas? McPherson, which was like 30 minutes from where we're at now. Okay. Um, but we lived in town and we worked and I worked in two gyms there in the town and had clients built up and was training for CrossFit regionals at that time and some Olympic lifting meets. And so I had gym access. I had everything I needed. Um, I worked out between clients and I was training really hard. I had a coach that I trained, trained me online actually. Um, and then, like I said, some personal differences, I ended up leaving that CrossFit gym and we ended up moving out of that town and we ended up buying, we have like 13 acres in a rural area, no gyms close, no friends in this area. I really did not know what I was going to do. I actually was looking at some jobs in town, like a desk job, like getting out of the fitness industry completely. Cause I just had no idea how I was going to make this work in this area. And I was also pretty heartbroken about my job situation that I had to leave at the other CrossFit gym. Um, and so we put a mat out in the barn. I had a barbell already. Um, there was actually a paint shop in this barn. It's like 60 by 40. Oh, nice. Um, That's a good size. All of the paint building out. We took the motor lift out. We took everything out. There was a bunch of old cars sitting around out there. We had, we sold everything that the guy left from before us. We got rid of, we recycled all the cars and we just kind of started cleaning up the the shop because my husband has a boat and he hunts and fishes. So we have all that out there. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to need to figure out some way to work out because it was still a huge stress reliever for me. And at that time was super stressful time in my life. So we put a rubber stall mat down. I had a barbell. I had a curl bar. I had some dumbbells. I had a, um, like a squat rack, but it was kind of a made one, just a homemade two little 
T-stands that you could put a barbell on, but you couldn't put a ton of weight on or else it would tip over. Um, and I just started working out in our garage, following just random programming online. Um, and I started, slowly started accumulating a little bit more equipment. We found some rubber plates at a garage sale, like a 300-pound set of rubber plates at a garage sale for 40 bucks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they were brand new. That's awesome. I bought all of them, so I ended up getting a nice bumper set out of the deal. Um, I bought a rope. And like I said, I just started accumulating things. And for some reason, one day I posted a video of me working out in the barn. The kids were playing out there and I posted a workout. I can't even remember what prompted it. And I got this overwhelming response of like, what are you doing? Like, you're, <laughs> Can we work out with you? Or what kind of workouts are you doing? Can you help us? Um, and I was like, what? Okay. And so... I started adding on to it and I started posting more regularly and I had more people asking me for help. Um, at that time I still wasn't offering classes out here. Like I literally did not start out offering classes out here until 2016 probably. And we moved here early 2015. Um, cause I just wasn't ready to give up my time. I still had kids at home. Um, and so I trained online a little bit. I used beach body some, um, and then, this whole online thing started to become a thing like, because I've been coached via satellite when I was training for CrossFit regionals. So I knew how it worked and I knew it could work. I just wasn't putting all the pieces together and, and realizing I could do it. Um, a big part of the process for me was realizing I really do know what I'm talking about. I have a lot of knowledge and experience and I just needed to get the confidence behind it to coach other people on my own. And so Again, we added on, we got a squat rack. We actually took, so one of the local industry places was getting rid of all of their um, metal that they used to like, I can't think of, scaffolding, that's the word I'm looking for. We went and bought like a bunch of metal for like 20 bucks and my husband and his friend built two squat racks out of those oh, pieces nice. of metal. That's so awesome. one of the squat racks is in my barn and they have one in their garage. Um, and so then I had a squat rack and so I had friends come out and work out every once in a while, but still nothing serious. And then I got this idea of creating this program called she beast at the time. So I put together like four templates. I sold it for like 15 bucks. People would message me pay through PayPal. I'd send them the templates and they would follow it. And then they just message me through Facebook or email like, okay, this is how it's going. Well, it, I got really busy with that and I found myself constantly having to take video of myself doing movements because people weren't understanding what some of the movements looked like or they right. weren't doing it right. And I, and I needed to show them how with a visual. And so I kind of had this point when I was doing walking lunges in the parking lot at the, at the mall when they <laughs> had my husband take a video that I needed to get this a little more streamlined. Right. <laughs> and so I said, like I said, I launched she beast. Well, I, I got a website, I had apparel made, I had all my logos, I had the whole program ready to roll, and the day of my launch, I had um, another fitness company's attorneys call me and threaten me with a lawsuit because they owned the rights to the word beast, oh, and no. I could not use that. Oh, no. And so, that was a horrible day. I still remember the emotional up and down. I just spent so much money on this program and I basically had no argument except for that I had to take it down. I had to hire people to help me get, they gave me 24 hours to get everything taken down. I had to get all my shirts back. I had to take my website down. All of my business cards I had to throw away all of my signs, everything like start all over. 
Um, and were so they called Chi Beast or just something with Beast? They were something with Beast in their name, and oh, they were saying on. I was trying to steal their business name. That's I ridiculous. Guess. It was crazy. Um, That's because they knew you, you were. Know, I wanted to argue it, but I'm not a million dollar fitness business, and so I right, had no right. way to fight back on that. But um, it was ho- horrible. Like I was ready to quit. I, I went on social media and said, this just isn't for me. This is a sign I'm not supposed to be doing this. All of my clients and I had thousands of messages from that. Like, no, you keep going. This is just making you stronger. You know, I wasn't ready to hear all that yet. <laughs> and so that summer I kind of regrouped and I included social media in the whole building process of my new program. I had a poll put out. People helped me come up with the idea of she strength helps me come up with the colors. They voted on my logo, my, the program. And during that time I decided to go ahead and just go all in with an app because I could not keep up with all of the individual emails, all of the videos, all of the coaching. So I went ahead and invested in an app, had all of my programming put into different processes and steps that different people could access based on their abilities and their desires and goals. Um, I had all, I spent all summer making all of the videos for the demonstrating the movements out in the barn. By that time I had expanded to three barbells and I had five rubber mats all put together. And that's when I started offering classes out there. I had enough interest. So I taught several classes Tuesdays and Thursdays in the morning and the evening. Um, and I just relaunched this whole she strength concept. I, I added the mindset portion in, um, and that's kind of where we're at now. I, I coach people through my app. I have an online community where my clients post videos asking me to coach them through the movements. We have different challenges in there. I have guest speakers once a month that come in on Facebook live and share about, um, We've done marriage counseling. We've done goal setting. We've done CrossFit Games athletes. We've done dietitians, nutritionists, chiropractors, prenatal, postnatal specialists, um, you name it. I try to bring different avenues of knowledge into my group because my my main goal is the more options and ideas I can provide for people, the better off they can make an educated decision on what they want to do and how they're going to be motivated and um, as you know, fitness is and health is a multifaceted thing. So, oh, it, it it is, and it's one of the things I really like about your business model is you understand the need for community. Uh, I talk about community a lot on on my show. Um, I it's been transformative for me in so many different facets and and my wellness and fitness journey. And I love how you mention community as a, as a, almost like a stepping stone before you'll even start talking with somebody about the fitness and nutrition piece. It's understanding what your community is about first and and being a part of that. And, And so obviously it's important. How important is your culture and your community with, with she strength to the overall success of the program? I think it's a hundred percent everything. I talk about culture all the time. I have expectations and we discussed before people start they complete my mindset class before they can even get access to anything else in the program we interact and and talk about goals about sacrifice about priorities in life about making ourselves a priority and not feeling guilty about that about setting boundaries because i want them to come into my culture and community knowing 
they're enough. Like they have other women who are in the same place of life as them, who are having the same struggles, who um, are all on the same stepping stone mindset day to day of trusting the process, knowing they can do this and that other people are doing it too. Um, I think there's huge power in, in the idea of I'm not alone. I'm not having to do this by myself. At least in my experience, a lot of women, including myself, struggle with victim mindset of I'm the only one that knows what this feels like. I'm the only one dealing with this. It's all or nothing. It's, you know, there's lots of different emotional patterns that women tend to come into my group battling. And if I can just address those right off the bat, it, it kind of takes down some walls and helps people understand you're not alone. I would love for you to chat with so-and-so. I would love for you to um, be encouraged by her story, or I would love for you to exchange phone numbers and you guys can become accountability partners because you're both struggling with this. Um, and it's crazy how relationships are built through that. Okay, we will stop there for part one with a cliffhanger for part two. Now make sure to listen in to the next episode where Anna and I discuss women in the weight room, giving our clients the tools they need to execute on their own. Intra-abdominal pressure, what is that? The power of a dead bug and mobility. Don't miss it. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you very much to Anna Woods for joining me on the show today. Really appreciate it. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show in your podcast app. Now you can follow my workouts and boost health updates on Strava, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for my boost health. You can also visit boost health website at myboosthealth.com for links to everything along with more motivation and information. And until next time, this is Paul Sandberg for Anna Woods saying goodbye and find, find your, your balance. balance.